back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. We are Season 3, Episode 13, 10 Sessions, and with me as always, Jen. Hey, everybody. I am so excited to talk about this episode. It's such a good episode. Yeah. I mean, I took so many notes. Before we get started, I have a couple fun facts. This has been in the news a lot. Or not the news, but <laughs> Screen Rant and such. The How I Met Your Mother blogosphere. Yeah, the, the entertainment news world. Uh, Jason Biggs was talking about, uh, I guess a couple weeks ago, that he was originally offered the role of Ted. Do you know where he said this? Like, was it a podcast? or? It was like a USA Today. Not a USA Today. Um, like one of those morning talk shows, I think. Yeah, like, like Good Morning ones. America. Yeah, like Good Today Morning America. Show or something. One of those, right. And he said it was the worst mistake of his life that he turned it down. Wow. He said that he was getting, he was still getting a lot of movie roles at the time. And right. And that was a time in which going to TV was not being done by anybody that had an active movie career. Hmm. And people that did do it often didn't come back. And so, you know, logically it made sense that he turned it down. Did he try out for it, did he say, or did they just offer it to I him? think they just offered it to him. He oh, was okay. pretty big at this time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I was just wondering. And he was working pretty steady. He's not now. Maybe. I think he works well, steady now. He just he's he's hasn't he been on a sitcom or two over the last been, few years? Yeah, he's been on a bunch of shows that didn't make it out of the first season. So maybe it's good that he didn't. Maybe we wouldn't even be here podcasting if he had. Yeah, I wonder. So let's let's talk about how he would have been as Ted. Would I think Ted would have had to have been different? Yeah. I mean, just yeah, physically like. You Josh Radner is much more attractive. Yeah, you can justify a lot more dating, especially dating attractive women, if it's Josh Radner. Yeah. Yeah, and he pulls off, like, the dorky, but he's also good-looking, like, in a way that I don't think Jason Biggs could have done. Yeah, Jason Biggs has somewhat of a goofy, friendly guy charm. and Yeah, he's almost more of a marshal. Yeah, and I remember when he was guest-starring a couple episodes on The Good Wife... He sort of was a confident, I don't smart guy. It's when they were, when Bitcoin was getting sued, and he was one that was kind of showing up to give her money to defend Bitcoin. So that's right. Any bills? Well, yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. At any rate, I think it probably would have had to have been written differently. Yeah. Going through, maybe not that far off, but I'm watching. I'm currently watching. Josh Radner in the TV show Hunters. And I can't tell if the writing for him's not that good or if he's just not that good in it. That's but more I'm of a not, drama. Yeah. Well, it's a dramedy. Okay. I mean, okay, it's a drama, but his he's sort of the comedic okay. laugh relief from things. He's kind of a washed up movie star, like B list seventies movie star. Okay. Not not even a movie star, but someone that's probably, you know, did a lot of medium-sized roles in independent movies in the 70s, which is when independent movies started to become big. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an article that came out saying, why isn't Josh Radner the voice of Ted in the future? Why isn't he <laughs> <Right>. the narrator? <laughs> it's a wonderful question. And the theory was floated back that it's because they wanted Ted to be able to narrate in real time sometimes, and you want to hear his thoughts sometimes. Okay. But that the narrator was talking from the future. So they wanted to leave it open for Ted to sometimes have internal 
okay. monologues. Okay, so it's like a little more distinctive instead of just Josh Radner's voice coming from nowhere. Yeah, they probably could have saved a lot of money uh, using <laughs> SAG, and I bet he cost. Right. Although that had been the easiest job, you say, like a couple sentences once a week? You don't even have to be there? No, it's a sweet gig. How I Met Your Mother is going to Disney Plus. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. I don't know if it's leaving Hulu, but it's going to be on Disney Plus, okay. which means we can watch it without commercials. <gasps> Finally! And we cut the cord on our cable, so I will not be watching our recorded Yeah, we, we no longer have a TV version. Of How I Met Your Mother, so you'll no longer have to hear me say during our discussion, that wasn't on the TV version. <laughs> is that is, how you say it? <laughs> that's how I sound. I can do impressions of myself. <laughs> We obvi- this is obviously a highly rated episode because it had Britney Spears on it. Mm-hmm. Now, you just watched the Britney Spears documentary. I did. And why don't you tell a little bit about that? Um, so, I mean, it goes through the basics of, like, you know, her childhood and rise to fame. And then it really starts talking about, you know, how exploited she really was and how awful the media was to her. And then goes into, you know, she finally, you know, starts having these breakdowns and then gets this conservatorship put on her, which essentially means she has no control over anything in her life anymore, her business or her personal life. Like, the conservator can make all decisions for her. And presumably, you know, the argument is, if she can perform, she's had residencies in Vegas, she gets started on How I Met Your Mother, she's been in... So how long has this conservatorship been going on? I mean, probably since, like, 2007. Like, it was going on during this episode. And then still today. Mm -hmm. Still today. Wow. Well, we don't know if she truly has a mental disability. Like she she might have, she might actually be mentally ill, so to speak. But lots of people are and have control of their own. So it's, yeah, it was a a look into that. You're an expert in this, so obviously I'll I'll leave that to you. I mean, you know, we don't live in California. I'm familiar with guardianship in D.C. I don't know if guardianship and conservatorship are the same thing. But, you know, in guardianship, at least in D.C., the, the... the person under the guardianship still is supposed to have a lot of say and a lot, you know, they, the guardian can't make like blanket decisions. Like they can't make all medical decisions. Like they can make some, it's, it's complicated, but this kind of thing where there's just like no control whatsoever. And like at one point there was somebody on saying like she had tried to hire her own lawyer to kind of like defend herself against this or to like kind of argue against her father being involved and was essentially told, well, you, you can't, like, because you're under this conservatorship, you can't, you don't have the capacity to hire your own attorney. Yeah. I... So it's, it's upsetting. It's, you know, and the, it was, you know, a good reflection on, like, what was going on during, like, this early 2000s where there was so much speculation about, like, her virginity and her sexual habits and... And her body and, and... Yeah, and it was all just really gross. Yeah, and I did see that Justin Timberlake formally apologized in the public of how he would talk about their sex life after she broke up with him. Right. Or after he caught her cheating, whatever it was. Right, whatever happened. We don't think we ever actually know what happened. Well, according to the... the, Crimea River video. (laughs) No, I was thinking of the unauthorized Britney Spears story on, like, Lifetime or something, (laughs) or Hallmark that we watched. It was probably Lifetime. (laughs) Where... He kind of busted, I think, 
sleeping with one of her dancers or something. I think the the rumor is that it was one of the, a choreographer that she. Well, look at us. With. We're we're participating. In we this. are. <laughs> we are. And I, I think there's a big finger wagging going on in this documentary, and it's easy right now to say, yeah, that was horrible. What yeah. the media did to her. But when when you think back to how you were reacting to it at the time, I think we were all guilty. Yeah. Well, no, and that's what this documentary documentary really puts into perspective is, yeah, we were all complicit in this. Mm-hmm. Like we should have back then not been like why she's an entertainer like what does it matter about her virginity like it's it's although I wonder and maybe they cover this in the doc but was it her that was calling it like the pure tour and trying to brag about her virginity not necessarily that she was being asked and then that was her her response because I feel like that might have been the case that that was sort of her marketing piece of Mm. I'm doing all this stuff but I'm still innocent even though she sings, she's not that innocent. Right. Right. And Jessica Simpson went through the same stuff. And it's just, yeah. It was that time and place in society, and it wasn't good. Yeah. So. Well, this episode had 10 million viewers. The night it aired, and I was one of them. Yeah. Was this was the very first episode that I watched. It was the highest rated episode of season three. pulled me in. And right after I watched this, I went back and started from the beginning. Now, how much of that was because I kept telling you how good the show was? <laughs> you helped the fact that I knew someone that was watching it. Yeah, I think okay. you were the only person I knew that was watching it. Okay. And so once you... You had mentioned it a few times that you liked it, and we've been through this on this podcast before. Right. But I just wonder if I hadn't have been... Like, if you would have watched it regardless because Brittany was on, even if we had never met. No, I think I would have watched that episode. I don't know that I would have gone all the way back, even Mm -hmm. though I really liked that episode. Well, let's jump in here. We start off in the Tattoo Removal Center. And the narrator is talking about how someone, sometimes you see someone and you just instantly know this person is for you. And as they're saying this, it's actually Brittany as Abby. Yeah, they're kind of like focusing in on on her and yeah she's definitely checking Ted out in the waiting room and so we think you know we're getting you know that these two are going to have some sort of love match but Ted says no it was Stella who comes out and I read that the lab coat she's wearing was actually one she owned from Scrubs yeah I read that too that's funny and Ted's back in the doctor's room what do we call that the treatment room whatever Saying, you know, the butterfly tramp stamp, her bread and butter. She's kind of trying to ask him for some backstory, and he says, I like his line, that he actually thought it'd be cool to get a caterpillar tattoo, and then a few weeks went by, and all of a sudden, yeah, that was good. a good joke. And But I wonder, did he, not in the writing, but in, in within the story of the show, did he kind of steal that from Barney, who did a whole gestation speech <laughs> Maybe. to do the reveal of the butterfly tattoo? I kind of feel like that rang very familiar. I can see that. Yeah, and she reacts to this. She thinks that's really funny. She can do. The, she can remove it in 10 one-hour sessions. They're very painful. He thinks he has a high tolerance for pain. He saw the worst movie ever, Plan 9 from... Oh, Stella wants to know it was a Plan 9 from Outer Space. He said it was Manos, Hands of Fate. I haven't seen either, although I have seen Ed Wood, which is about the making of Plan 9 from Outer Space. I still have not heard of either of these movies in any context other than the show. <laughs> That's not true, because you would have watched the Seinfeld episode where 
they're trying to go see a movie. Oh, that's right. And it's going to be Plan 9 from Outer Space. Okay. I think that's what they're going to go see when they go to the Chinese restaurant. That sounds right. And then he gets a chance to see it again later. I forget which episode off the top of my head. Now, Manos, Hands of Fate, I've never heard of. And I've still never run across, I don't (laughs) think. I like Stella's retort here. She's like, I'm a doctor, went to medical school, it's plan nine. (laughs) If I went to medical school, I would use that as every basis for my arguments. And then when she asks him to go, I mean, they they do a few things to kind of fool us here in this episode. Yeah. It does seem like she's asking him out here. Yeah. Or she's, in sort of like, come come join me as a friend, but it's still sort of a date. Yeah, it's a little flirty the way she asks, too. Like, it's it's very unclear what's happening. We go to the movie theater, and this is where we would be as the next scene at the end of the Platinum Rule episode. Mm-hmm. Once he finally left. He offers to pay. She kind of tries to refuse him. He insists, and then she turns to a group of friends and says, hey, he wants to pay, and they're all very appreciative. Now, how? why wouldn't she just think he meant her? Like, it even makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> there was no conversation about, I'm going with a group of friends. I mean, maybe something happened off screen. I, I highly doubt it. But there's <laughs> this is a big assumption, and... This should have been a red flag. <laughs> like this alone should have nixed this whole relationship. Well, I don't know about that. Although, <laughs> yes, with hindsight, knowing what's coming, <laughs> hindsight being twenty twenty, sure. But I'm just thinking of at first she tries to refuse him, and then he insists. Then why would she not just say, "Okay, but just pay for me"? Uh, let's let or my friends say, pay for hey, themselves. You know, my friends are here. Like, no, we'll we'll all just pay for ourselves. It's- or oh, I'll yeah, pay for me. And then my friends could pay for them. If you're going to accept it, don't accept it for your whole group, just yourself. I almost feel like she can't do that because she is his doctor. So it's almost like if he pays for everybody, that's better than just paying for her. Possibly. We get a little back and forth in the theater, uh, sort of a game of telephone of why <laughs> right. he's. And for some reason, a they're, off. you know, sitting complete opposite or, you know, as far away from each other as they can be with everybody else in the middle. Yeah, that, that's the only way this joke will work. And by the time, it, it, the fact that she can't. That it's an AMA rule that you can't date him, and it's getting back to him. He's already heard it, so it's kind of funny. Like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> and then 60-year-old me yells from further back <laughs> in the theater, we all got it. Ted's a schmuck. <laughs> Poor Ted. We're back in Stella's office like a—well, they do the opening credits, and then we're immediately back in Stella's office, the examination room, where she's laughing at him, and you bought all the tickets. <laughs> I love the way she laughs at him in this episode. Right. It really works. Right. And so Ted points out that, you know, she was right. This was the worst movie-going experience ever, but it had nothing to do with the movie. Right. Now he says he's going to ask her out after the 10 sessions, and she says she's going to say no. Fair warning. And I like his line of, I'm getting <laughs> mixed signals from you. I feel like you've been staring at my ass for quite some time. <laughs> right. I'm surprised, like, she's, she laughs at so many things he says, she doesn't really laugh at this. Hmm. Maybe this is a joke she's heard a few times before. Maybe. T- removing a lot of back tattoos. Right. He's trying to figure out why is there a boyfriend? Are you a lesbian? Do you only date black guys? No, 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 no. But if I ask you on a date, your answer will still be, and then she says, In no. 10 weeks. Yeah. We're at the bar. (laughs) I love the opening right to Robin. (laughs) No. Hmm. What could she mean when she says no? I don't know. It's totally cryptic. (laughs) Yeah, Robin's getting some enjoyment out of this. Ted says, you know, how could she know that? I mean, do you know what you're going to have for lunch 10 weeks from now? And I like Marshall very quick with a sloppy Joe shrimp cocktail and a milkshake. And put a pin in that. (laughs) 
It's an interesting combination of food. Barney jumps in and says that it only takes a woman 8.3 seconds to decide whether she's going to sleep with a man. So we get another variation of the <laughs> 8 and 3. Right. And I think Ted's called him out on the 8-3 before. I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. I guess they, they kind of let it go from here on out. Yeah. I think it's unchecked from <laughs> for the future. Barney asks about what the first 8.3 seconds with Stella was like. It was her coming out into the waiting room yelling, lower back tattoo. Lower back butterfly tattoo. (laughs) You're up, and then him and a sort of a hottie stand up at the same time. Is this a standard procedure that you just, like, shout out what tattoo you're Yeah, why wouldn't you say someone's name? (laughs) I mean, I feel like, unless this is the game, like, how many people are going to stand up with the same tattoo? Maybe. (laughs) I think they took a lot of poetic license Mm -hmm. in that scene of we need this to be embarrassing as possible. Right. And so everybody in the waiting room laughs at him. Ted says that that's fine. He, he, he's not a top 40 song that's easily digestible. He's complex. He requires time and a lot of listens, like Stairway to Heaven. Now, I don't think Stairway to Heaven, that's not a good song to use as an example. I don't feel like you need multiple times to enjoy it. I feel like it's complex. Stairway to Heaven is like the first time you hear it, you're like, whoa. Maybe you appreciate it more after more listens? Maybe. Regardless, it sets up Robin's <laughs> joke. <laughs> who says, well, Roger Daltrey just rolled over in his grave. And, and then nobody says anything, so she just pauses. <laughs> That's not the right guy, is it? We get a good Robin backing down from a joke that she now realizes is not good. He's, He's not, not even, even dead, dead, is he? <laughs> Roger Daltrey's the lead singer of The Who. He's still alive, actually. Oh, good He's for him. He's 74 now. Oh, is that all? Yeah. Okay. It's like a year younger than my mom. Yeah. So Lily goes on a weird. There's not much for Lily to do. I was thinking the same thing. Like I kind of like this joke that when she says I'm gonna, she's gonna quit biting her nails, and Marshall jumps in. But baby, you love biting your nails. (laughs) I don't know why that's funny, but it was. And Marshall says several things in this episode that aren't very funny, except for the way he delivers it. Mm -hmm. He does a really good job delivering his lines to make things funny in this. Right. But I mean, they're really stretching to give Lily something to do yeah. in this episode. So somehow Ted aiming to ask Stella out in 10 weeks has encouraged her to stop biting her nails. It's not like it's apples and cucumbers. I don't know. Ted's certain that he can turn this no into a yes. And Barney wants to know how the rest of the session went. And we sort of get a flash to Ted screaming in a high-pitched <laughs> scream from the session starting and Abby running in. Well, first we get Lily jumping in that like, well, it's probably painful. I bet a lot of people sound like that. And then we get right back to the flash where, yeah, Abby runs. <laughs> I heard a woman screaming in here. And then she just starts laughing hysterically. Right. And his face <laughs> of humiliation. This kind of happened to me once. I had a really bad bout of kidney stones when I was, oh, I think at this point I was maybe 20 or so. And I was up visiting my older brother, Ben. He was, I was going to James Madison University. I guess I was only 18 because I would have been a freshman when he was a senior. And he was at Johns Hopkins, so I went to visit him at Johns Hopkins. We went to his fraternity's, his fraternity's party at the fraternity house. And this was my second time having kidney stones. So when it started to sting in that area, I knew what it was. And I said to my brother, hey... I'm not certain yet, but I'm pretty sure we're going to have to walk over to the hospital in the next 10 or 15 minutes, which we did. So anyways, uh, they put a stint up in me uh, through the front. And I was kind of out of it when they put it in. I was 
medi- heavily medicated when they put it in. And so it's supposed to drain out the, the stones. And then after about a week of that, I went to go get it taken out just at the doctor's office. And it had been bothering me all week. It was constantly pushing into my bladder, constantly pushing into my bladder. So I always, held, I always felt like I had to pee. They tried to give me some pills to like numb the area so I wouldn't feel like I had to pee all the time, but it didn't help. So anyways, when I get to the doctor, I'm so looking forward to getting this thing out. And the doctor says, uh, unfortunately, we don't have our anesthesiologist here today, but I can do it. It only takes like 10 seconds. It doesn't hurt. It's just uncomfortable. And I'm actually really good at it. So this guy was a good salesman. (laughs) Unfortunately, he sold me a lemon. So my mom had taken me to the doctor that day. and She was out in the waiting room and I had them stack. To get it out, they had to go through the front. And so I I had them stack a bunch of gallons on top of my stomach so I couldn't see what they were doing. Right. It took about five minutes. I moaned so loud from the pain. It was so painful. Mm. He went in. He was supposedly grabbed. He's like, here's the painful part after it was already hurting. I not screeched like a woman, but moaned like, I don't know. I don't have a good. A dying animal. I don't have a good simile. (laughs) (laughs) But it was loud. And then he started to retract. He's like, oh, I didn't get it. So he, he had to go back up for it. Oh, my God. I know I've heard this story before, but it's more horrifying <laughs> somehow. This is, I don't know if I remember that part. <laughs> well, I felt like I'd been in that just it was so traumatizing to me physically in that area. Ooh. At any rate, Yikes. My mo- when my mom came in to get me, I was, she, she was like, that didn't go too well. Huh? I was like, how do you know? She goes, we could all hear you out in the waiting room. Oh, God. The whole waiting room could hear me. So the moral of the story is, kids, when you drink a lot in college, make sure you hydrate as much as possible on every other day. (laughs) Awful. That's an awful story. Are you going to keep that in? (laughs) Well, I'll listen to it. We'll see how it plays. No holds barred. That's really bringing the mood down. No holds barred on this podcast. (laughs) So, back to the show. There was not even a Britney Spears there to... (laughs) Laugh at you. <laughs> and then after Ted tells that embarrassing story about Abby coming in, he says, here's to nine more great sessions. <laughs> Looks Looking a little down, but that was a good delivery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he starts describing, you know, the second through the fifth sessions, you know, are going well. They're getting along. And I guess, does he ask her early or like what do you think or if I we don't really see the lead up but we just get you know her saying no well okay yeah so I want to go through that real quick he describes the next few sessions Uh, he talks about how he was working with inner city kids one summer they do nothing but speak French one session now we didn't know that he was fluent in French no he seems to have a good capacity for languages because he speaks Italian and recites (laughs) an Italian version of a book Mm -hmm. of Dante one of Dante's books um but I don't think we, we've ever seen him speak French before or since. Uh, he made her laugh so hard she fell out of her chair. And then they show him juggling, and he stops, and she just <laughs> goes, still no. So for some reason, he set up this juggling as, hey, watch this, and after you see this, you're going to change your mind. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's what it must have been, because okay. then she's like, still no. Right. And Barney mocks this, even though... <laughs> 
<laughs> Ted points out that he does magic and how's juggling lamer than magic. All right, so what do you think is cooler, magic or juggling? I mean, I think it depends on the type of magic and what and the number of things that are being juggled. <laughs> like, there's a lot of variables to this. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I do juggle. I don't do magic, although Tyler's very impressed with my whole pulling my thumb apart trick. <laughs> he really is. So Barney takes offense to Ted saying that magic is lame and does some sort of fire A, a spark. Okay. They call it a fireball, but it's really just like a little spark. <laughs> a bit of an exaggeration, hand. but everybody we, freaks out. And we, especially Marshall, he jumps big time. <laughs> and we've seen Barney do this before. And I just love everybody's reaction here. <laughs> like, What's no fireballs at There's the table. And Wendy comes over. <laughs> yeah, Barney, like, we've warned you. Lily puts him in timeout. Yeah, that, that was a good scene. <laughs> I don't know why it worked, but it just it it worked really, really well. <laughs> the way they're treating him like a little kid. Mm-hmm. It made me laugh a lot. And we go back to Lily's fingernail thing. She's like, Ted, I, you can do this, Ted. I said I would stop biting my nails and come blammy. <laughs> you can see their nails are, like, longer and manicured and look nice. Yeah. And she said it's just a challenge. It can't be easy to woo someone while sticking your naked butt <laughs> in their face. Marshall. I don't know why, but this line always kills me. It's his delivery. <laughs> it works for baboons. It's called presenting. Yeah, just his whole <laughs> just so his body, the way his body's moving. <laughs> and he like has a little smile on his face as he's saying it. It's so funny. Like, it's no so one stupid, don't even react so to funny. it. <laughs> Barney says this can't be done, turning a no to a yes. And Robin says, you know, actually, Bar- you know, Ted's persistence has paid off in the past. She at first said no. Well, she didn't even mention Ted's name, obviously. But she eventually said yes. Marty goes, no, you didn't. You were like, no, we can't. We're <laughs> friends. It would mess up the dynamic of the group. And then she points out he's talking about, she's talking about Ted. Right. Which, I don't know, is this the first flicker we've seen that Barney has attempted to get with Robin? No, because Barney was playing laser tag with her when she was his bro that one time and he called up Ted to ask right, if it was okay if right. he went after her. Okay, that's right. And then he, yeah, starts undressing in her apartment when they're supposed to play Battleship. You're yeah. Right. Okay. Where she sinks his Battleship. Right, right, right. So his new angle that he's going after here is to be nice to Abby. But he's thinking in a flashback about how he's got an angle at this. When he came out of Stella's office at one point... He saw Abby was on the phone saying, Sir, please don't yell at me because when people yell at me, I have a tendency to start crying. Please don't do it. Stella tells her to, to hang up. And you can hear the person on the other line. And if you know <laughs> what you're listening for, you can which tell you who it is. Which you don't the first time you mm-hmm. saw this, which makes this great. But I like how she's shaking her head like a little child. Like, she's, <laughs> like she can't hang she up. She can't <laughs> hang up. And then when she does, she sort of feels rewarded like a little kid. Mm-hmm. It's really cute. Right. And, so and he endearing. Gets, yeah. And so Stella says, yeah, I just wish some of the patients would be nicer to you. And so that gives Ted his angle. He says, the receptionist, that's my way in. Barney says, I like this. Seduce the receptionist. That's a great plan. <laughs> we get to session six. Ted comes in. He's got a coffee and a bag of some probably, you bagel, know, of a bagel or donut, donut or something. Yeah. And... Stella is behind Abby, so he's presenting it to Abby to be nice, and Stella's not looking, so he <laughs> pulls <laughs> he it back. back. And so good. In her face. Abby's face is just 
pure confusion, and it's just kind of frozen in this confused state. <laughs> kind of like this smile that she doesn't really know what to do with. And then Stella turns around, and he does it again. So. Abby says he's like a knight. They should call him Sir Ted. Ted. I feel like there was a Ted Knight joke here, but... A Ted Knight joke? The actor Ted Knight. I don't know who that is. He was on the Mary Tyler Moore show. He was in the movie Caddyshack. Okay. He was... You remember Caddyshack? Mm Mm-hmm. You, you... That guy, the older guy that's like... That plays in the golf contest in the end against Chevy Chase. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it once, and it was a long time ago. (laughs) It's such a great character. Danny, I've sent kids younger than you to the gas chamber. Didn't want to do it. Felt I owed it to them. So this is now just a Caddyshack podcast. We're now switching over. (laughs) And Ted doesn't understand her joke about Sir Ted. And we get this same kind of joke we get from a lot of people when they say something they want to back off from. It's like, Abby says, nothing, nothing. It was really stupid. Right, and then she she picks up the phone to, you know, tell Stella that Ted's arrived, but not realizing that Stella's behind her. So mm-hmm. just all sorts of embarrassment for poor Abby. Yeah, they jump to session seven after he, you know, kind of mentions what happened at the bar in just a couple words. And Stella says she's gonna she's gonna break a big rule here. He says break it, and then she tries to set him up with Abby. And then we get a good back and forth. Oh my of, god. <laughs> Abby, let's do this. You want to do this? Yeah, sure. Okay, I'll be Ted. Okay. Abby is? My receptionist. You really made quite an impression on her with the coffee the other day. I mean, she has not, she really has not stopped talking about you. Oh, Abby. I thought you said Alan. But you just said Abby is? Right, right. I thought I said Alan. Who's Alan? Who's Abby? My receptionist. Exactly. <laughs> His face there. <laughs> when he goes, who's Alan? Like, he's got that smug look on his face. Like, he thinks he's going to worm his way out of this one. Right. And you and I use this all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like when they cut back to the bar. What is happening? <laughs> Lily encourages no more gimmicks. Ted's like, you're right, no more gimmicks. One more gimmick. In this scene, when he says one more gimmick... Lily is scratching Marshall's back, mm-hmm. and his eyes are closed, and he's in ecstasy. <laughs> I feel like this is some reference to her getting longer nails. Oh, yes, definitely. But they don't, it's so subtle. Right. It's almost, it's too subtle to be funny. You feel like they need, I mean, there's no way to make it funny, but it's just, they. It's, a, it's one of those, you know, things that, you know, you catch if you're paying attention. Right. Which makes you feel proud that you caught it. Mm-hmm. So, you're welcome, audience. <laughs> He talks about there being a self-help book, The Power of Me, on her shelf. And everyone... Everybody groans, but if you're paying attention, again, you get rewarded. Because you see Marshall kind of, like, do a little smile like he's about to talk about it. And then, like, oh, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, <laughs> cowers down and pretends like he doesn't approve of that book. But then he said, it's actually a great book. Tell me the power of complete memory. And But he doesn't know where he left his copy of it. Yeah, I left it somewhere. I forgot. Which is an easy joke, but... Funny. So many good callbacks in this from within the, the mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. And Ted gets to the doctor's office. Abby's so psyched to see him. And she says, hi, Ted, I'll let her know. And he's, she's just sitting there staring at him. <laughs> he goes, telepathically? That's funny. That's funny, smart, and great. Yeah, we see a lot of this from Abby, <laughs> how she throws a lot of compliments at him at once. Mm-hmm. 
And we get a reveal when Stella comes back in that she only has two minutes for lunch every day. I have trouble believing this. You can't go out and get food and... Right. I mean, I guess if you get it delivered, but you can't... As a doctor, I don't think she would scarf down food that quickly. And why would she schedule herself that tightly? Just give yourself right. 30 minutes. I mean, yeah, I guess things get behind. It, you know, it's hard to say. But yeah, if she's working for herself, you think she should, she should be able to have a little flexibility. She's a dermatologist. I don't think she's hurting for money. And she's living out in Jersey. <laughs> so, go ahead. I was going to say, well, also, I bet a lot of this is, you know, the dermatology stuff, but the tattoo removal stuff is probably not covered by insurance. So, probably making decent bank off of that. Off of which? The tattoo removal stuff. No, I think she'll actually make more money from the insurance companies. Like, you can't, she won't be able to charge as much to the people that want a tattoo removed, I think. Versus what she can charge the back to the insurance company. Because even though our, our co-pay is only like 30 they get like $500 for a visit or something. No, if you ever like actually look at your insurance bill, it'll say what the cost is and then the insurance adjustment. Like they have agreements with a bunch of doctors and hospital centers mm-hmm. and things to reduce the cost. Yeah, but it's still in the hundreds. I mean, it depends what you're doing, but... Yeah, for something like that, you're right. I mean, she's... Those 10 sessions probably, I think we've talked about yeah, this. Yeah, we, we were trying to guess. You know, we're guessing it's somewhere between like five and 10 grand in that range that he probably, yeah, you're right, had to pay out of pocket. Maybe you should have just got the tattoo covered up. It'd still be on his lower back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The lower back is the problem, not what it is. Unless you're going to get something that extends up through your entire back. Yeah, and that's not really Ted's style. I wonder if he'd get a whole genus, genus of the bugs from grub to caterpillar to <laughs> like as sort of a chart in a so stupid <laughs> that would go down through his whole back like a whole darwin cycle are there that many over time i imagine um, okay ted brings up the book power of me like, he's going to talk about it intellectually. He was reading it out in the lobby. Mm-hmm. He was getting ready for it. He threw it away. He's ready to talk about it. And she said she would never read that piece of crap. Some patient left it here. Put a pin in that. Mm-hmm. And Ted, you know, switches gears. and says, oh, thank God. I couldn't agree more. Got a life, people. And then Abby comes in. Ted, I found so your book. What? I think you accidentally dropped it in the garbage. That's not mine. <laughs> He writes his name in the book. <laughs> I bet he has a stamp. From the library of Ted Mosby. <laughs> Sounds like something I would do. It does sound like something you would do. We're back at the bar. <laughs> I love Robin. Robin's got some really good lines in this, too. Mm-hmm. She says, Ted, I hate to say this, but I think it's, it's nailed the receptionist time. And by the <laughs> way, Robin looks amazing in this scene. Oh, what was she wearing? Uh, she was wearing a very dark top. It wasn't, you know, low cut or anything, but it was... I don't want to say classy. It was standard top or blouse, but her hair was perfect, and she had sort of a, a shadowy makeup look. Hmm, okay. Really worked for her. Good for Robin. Ted's not going to nail the receptionist, and tar- Barney chides him that every little boy wants to grow up to nail the doctor or lawyer. Someone's got to nail the receptionist. But he says he likes Stella, and, and Barney tries to knock it down by saying, I'm going to stop you right there, Ted. Your little Stella is... Not so perfect. So he sets it up that, you know, she has a terrible, terrible secret. And then, <laughs> hold on, I gotta pee. 
<laughs> which is stupid but funny. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes back and he turns to Robin. So what's going on at work? <laughs> what's the secret? And so there's a commercial break in between. Yeah. Which makes it funnier. Right. It works. Barney is calling up Dr. Zinman's office. This is a flashback. And Abby wants to know why he's calling. What is this regarding? Now, this is very strange. I don't care because what it leads to is brilliant. Mm -hmm. But he's calling to say, I want to see her. Right. Like, you know, the master of gambits can't come up with like, oh, I just want to get my skin checked. Like, what's the matter with you? Wait outside her office when it closes and you'll see her. Right, or just schedule an appointment for a legitimate dermatological reason. And nevertheless, this is still brilliant because he starts yelling at her. Mm-hmm. I just want, uh, He says, I'm sorry, did I accidentally oprima numero, do, numero dos when I called? Do you speak in? So he's, it, it's revealed he's the one that was yelling at her <laughs> right. when Ted and, and Stella came out. Right, and so if you go back to that first scene, if you, you know, haven't seen it before, you can hear <laughs> that it's Neil Patrick Harris. Such a good callback. Mm-hmm. He yells at her, what are your credentials? That's a point there. (laughs) I missed that. Yeah, I'm seeing it in the transcript, but I didn't even hear him saying that. (laughs) I want to know who I am speaking with. (laughs) Barney says, at first she seemed great, but then he... So he goes and has an actual appointment Mm -hmm. with her. And at first she seems great, but then he overhears this. Stella wants to know from Abby, did her hypnotherapist call? She needs to get... She needs to kick this folliculophilia. 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 And so that's like, what's that? It's it's a woman who can only be attracted to men with mustaches. <laughs> that's what's, a, what's the opposite of that? Because that's what I have. <laughs> I kind of have it. I, I mean, really appreciate a guy that can wear a good mustache. Oh, so you have it a little bit? I have it a little bit. <laughs> uh, what's his name on... Um, Tom Selleck. Well, yeah, Tom Selleck. He's the classic, but... What's oh, um... Parks and Rec. Yeah. Ron... Nick Offerman. Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson, yeah. Yeah, Nick Offerman. <laughs> I think... Yes, he can pull that off. Yeah, without his mustache... It does not make him attractive, but he can well, pull it I, off. No, I would say without his mustache, he's not an attractive guy, but with it, he, there, it looks so good on him we that I think it makes him a good-looking guy. <laughs> we knew that. <laughs> We've had this conversation many a time. It's true. In fact, I've always said it works for us. Because the guys that you were into before me, I don't find the least bit attractive, so I was never jealous about it. (laughs) That's how it works. Yeah, a little bit. But Ted says, there's no such thing. And Robin goes, I got got a little little bit. bit. And just her line delivery is perfect. (laughs) Yeah, her and Marshall. Wow. I mean, they don't have a lot to do, but it's all gold. So... There's no, there's no further discussion on this. We just cut to session nine. Ted goes <laughs> to the doctor's office with a mustache. And Ted cannot pull off no, a mustache. No, it's horrible. It's so bad. Although Abby likes it. <laughs> Love the stash. You look like a young Tom Selleck. Only a million times handsomer. Dr. Z- Dr. Zimmerman, <laughs> Magnum's here to see you. Just kidding. <laughs> Stupid. Again, she chides herself for a bad joke. <laughs> so Stella kind of ducks it. Okay, yeah. now we get to my favorite part of the whole episode. <laughs> I'll go ahead and, as a spoiler alert for my favorite joke. It's this entire sequence. First of all, the way she laughs. <laughs> and then it segs into Barney laughing at Ted at yeah, the bar. <laughs> such a perfect way. 
And Ted's like, why? Yeah, Barney says, don't you baffled. remember? And then we flash back to one year earlier, Barney making a bet for $10 <laughs> that he could get Ted to grow a mustache. So, just that he pronounces it like, I'll bet anyone 10 bucks I can get Ted to grow a mustache. And so Ted bites and takes the bite. And he says, you sabotaged my, my next-to-last chance with Stella for $10. Barney's still cracking up. I know I would have done it for free. But no, you owe me 10 bucks. <laughs> Where did the writers get this? Did they do this to somebody at some point? Don't you feel like they probably did? It's so specific. <laughs> or somebody was like, just happened upon this, like, word of the day or did, something. Is it possible that Barney knew how he was going to complete this, but didn't know, like, who the woman would be. Maybe. I wonder if he... Did Barney... I guess Barney never actually went to even see Stella. Because... Oh. Well, I don't, I don't think no, Abby he, I knows... No, he did, because at the very end, we see him there. Oh, okay. Well, we but those are different if, scenes. Yeah, I mean, we don't know if the... Yeah, I didn't pay attention to what he was they wearing. They don't make... When he's there, they don't make any reference to... You're right, we didn't. I saw. I did pay attention to what he was wearing the second time. Because mm-hmm. I made a note about what his outfit was. I didn't pay any attention yeah, to what he was wearing the first time. Yeah, I think it's different than what he was. So, yeah, maybe he made up the whole appointment thing and then just shows up there. Well, we're, we're not to think that the time he mentions and the time we see him there at the end are the same time. You know, the question was, was there even a, an original right. time? right. I'm guessing there wasn't. Yeah, I guess he probably just, yeah, made that whole thing up. So Ted's going into the 10th session. And he's, he's just bummed out. Like, all right, this isn't going to work. She's going to say no. I'm not going to ask. And then Lily says, no, no, she likes you. She said so herself. And Lily didn't go, but that's sort of <laughs> a, a, a cute little flash to Marshall's looking away, like right. and everybody just looks a little right bit ashamed at him, a little shamed of it. But well, just the way Lily says it too. I swear to you, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really do interfere in his life a lot. <laughs> they do. <laughs> I like you know Kevin points this out. The, mm-hmm. the, the therapist. Yeah, my buddy. <laughs> right. Can't wait to tell that story. It's a story. It's one of my classic... It's a thing that happened. <laughs> it's one of my classic celebrity run-ins. Yes. All right. So. We get a flashback of Marshall in Stella's office, all about his dry elbows. But Stella sees a mole that he should get checked out. It's a little irregular, and then he gets well, inside of his own head. He, well, you miss the, the initial, like, the, yeah, the whole reason he's going... Is to, I guess, scope her out. Feel her out. And so he's asking, you know, he's saying, my wife's getting on me about my dry elbows. You know, relationships are great. Like, anybody in your life? Anyone you're interested in? (laughs) (laughs) And he's so pleased with his own little word twist. And so that's when she notices the mole. And then he starts to spiral and doesn't really hear much of what she's saying as she's kind of in the background being like, yeah, one of my patients has a butterfly tattoo. (laughs) He yells at her to stop thinking of other patients. and I'm dying here. She comforts him, and then he says, oh, what were you talking about with the person with the butterfly tattoo? She says, oh, no, just a little crush I have. Which is just a weird thing. <laughs> and then he says, oh, okay, thank you, and he walks away, and then st- as he leaves, Stella goes, oh, sir, your book. <laughs> right. And it's Nice the, tie back. <laughs> yeah, the power of, what is it, the power of me? Or, I think so. Yeah, great tie back. So Ted's now enthusiastic. She said crush about him. And we get to the last session. He's all done. And now he's asking her out to dinner. And she's like, Ted, you're a really nice guy. And I love his reaction. Ted's response. Yeah, it's so great. Oh, no. 
I'm going to kill Marshall. This oh is worse than the laser. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out she has a daughter. Her name's Lucy. She's eight. Works her whole life. I mean, work is Stella's whole life. She has no social counter. She only gets out once a month for a movie with the with the girlfriends. When she can get a sitter. I'm thinking, okay, maybe she's just getting the practice up and running and she doesn't make a lot of money from it yet, but I'm guessing she can afford a nanny. Maybe. This, but it doesn't matter. Okay. Right. And so then we get a little tease here of, I've been to one party in the past year, St. Patty's Day. It was awful. I left early. And we never know if that was the same party Ted was at because this is all just to trick us to think maybe right. she was the mother. Mm-hmm. Dirty trick by our writers. <laughs> She only gets two minutes for lunch, yada, yada. Yeah, so she doesn't date, but... We go back to the bar. Marshall is having his (laughs) sloppy (laughs) joe shrimp and chocolate milkshake, as he had promised. Again, they don't... He does offer the shrimp to Ted, and that's Mm -hmm. the only way we see it. Right, but you have to look on his plate to see what else. (laughs) And I like that they didn't call too much attention to it. Right. It's like you're solving little mysteries in this, and so as a viewer, you can feel proud of yourself. Yeah, it's enough to just have the shrimp, because that makes you pay, like, oh, oh. (laughs) It's very good. So Ted, you know, Ted has nobody to blame but himself. She said she was going to say no, but then he realizes. She didn't say no. Yeah, so he goes back to her office and meets her outside as she's, I guess, going out to grab something real quick for her two-minute lunch. He stops her and offers a two-minute date for lunch. She uh, hesitantly agrees, and then I clock the time. This does all happen within two minutes. Oh, the note said two minutes, 20 seconds. Oh, you know, you're right. But I think it It said, like, when he says two minutes, it actually had been two minutes. But then, uh, yeah, they have their kiss or whatever. Ranjit pulls up. (laughs) They only go, like, you know, a quarter of a block up the street. They get out of this little restaurant that says, I thought it was a Greek restaurant, but later they referred to it as an Italian restaurant. So I thought about that, and I think what happened is that they just, you know, set up the tables outside of this storefront, and it had actually no relation to that restaurant. Okay. Because we see Wendy there. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I was wondering if that was like a day job she had at another restaurant. Yeah, I think they just set up the tables. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm not sure why I didn't. Which is a weird thing to do in front of a restaurant, but, yeah, it was only for a minute, so it's fine. Because I was annoyed at what a coincidence that she works at a restaurant right down <laughs> the block from right. Stella's work. And I don't know who the other guy. There was a, a guy there, too. I don't know who he's supposed to be. She went to Stanford. He went to West. They're getting to know each other. Now, mm-hmm. I will say, for most of this date, I don't really like the banter. I don't think it's very good. Hmm. There's some parts that I think are downright bad. Okay. Or awkward. But, they, they you know... She says she went to Stanford. He says he went to Wesleyan. They drop a name to each other. They don't know the person. And people do always do this. When yeah. you say you went to a school, if they knew anybody, if the person you're talking to knew anybody at that mm-hmm. school, they're going to say, oh, did you know so-and-so? Yep. I always, like, make up something really bad about that person, even though I didn't know them. <laughs> when people do that to me. They go from there to a movie, which is... Manos hands of faith that they're gonna. There's two chairs set up outside of a, an electronics store, <laughs> and he put together a highlight. Now, a low light th- reel. Yeah, low light reel, I guess. But I mean, this didn't have to be the same day or the next day. It would have taken him some time to cut this all together for That's her to true. say. So we'll assume that he took a couple days. He didn't just go right back. And I say I don't like her her joke. The first thing I don't like of their banter, and I'm not, 
I don't want to dwell on this too much, but I'll just point out a couple examples of earlier on before they go to the movie, but as I think they're leaving the food, having had food, um, they get, in the, they get out of the taxi. He asks her if she's nervous. She goes, a little bit. He said, you can't tell at all. And she goes, oh, good, yeah. I mean, it's just sort of weird back and forth. And then later, after the movie, he goes, she asks if they are going to see the whole thing. He says, only the important parts. Worst movie. And then after they saw it, he goes, worst movie ever. And she goes, yeah, I almost walked out like five times. Yeah. I didn't love these series of jokes. Yeah. I mean, I see what they were going for, but yeah, I agree. It wasn't the best. And I get it's rushed, so it's not yeah. going to be well fleshed out. So this makes kind of sense. Sure. Just balanced against the rest of the episode. Right. <laughs> it's right. striking to me. Sure. Because I, I was getting this far into the episode, and I was like, I am not hearing a single bad joke. This is good <laughs> all the way through. And then we got to this, like, oh, yeah. I kind of feel weird about their conversation. They decide to walk because they got a little extra time back from the movie, or back from the dessert. And... He's asking what grade her daughter's in. She says third grade. He goes, ah, that's a good year. It's just <laughs> weird to me. What? Well, it reminds me of when... You don't even know kids. Yeah, when Robin was dating the guy with the kid. She's like, five, you're going to love five. Yeah, it is like that. And then Sel goes, yeah, she's wonderful. I just wish that I could get her to quit smoking, you know? He goes, what? Yeah. And she says, I'm kidding. Okay, then they get, to get dessert. He pulls out some flowers. She's allergic but the flowers are still important to the scene. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the date's over, and she gives him a nice long kiss at the end of it, which was, they seem to have good chemistry. Mm-hmm. This made sense. Right. And so Ted leaves it kind of open that, you know, he wants the second date, but he understands, you know, her life's busy, so just, you know, essentially just let him know. And the narrator, Ted, said, and kids, that's how you turn a no into a yes, and then he turns around with the flowers in his hand. And, uh, <laughs> and sees Abby. running down the street. She says that her friends all told her to be strong and that he doesn't deserve another chance, but she forgives him. And just runs after him. And he him. runs away. It's very bizarre. <laughs> and she chases him. <laughs> and then at the very last scene, they're back in the doctor's office, and it's Abby saying, then he just kept toying with my emotions. And it's Barney she's talking to. He's bad-mouthing this Ted guy. And he says that she's too sweet for him. And... uh so Barney's outfit here, dark gray suit with a black shirt and no tie. It's sort of unusual for him. Yeah. It's a different look. And she goes, aren't you going to see the doctor about that mole? He goes, oh, yeah. Turns out it was just a raisinette. He flicks it away. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> and then we get some, some standard Barney fare here. Of He's offering to... Take her out to a fancy restaurant, go on a shopping spree, treat her how she should be treated, forget about that Ted monster. But Barney does say that first they need to go by his hotel room. It's unclear why he has a hotel room. His bed is broken. (laughs) You just have to make sure they fixed it. And then she offers that, can they have sex and then go shopping? And he likes her. And that's the end. I guess the sex before the shopping does make her less sex worker-y. Interesting. Because if, if it was take me shopping and to a restaurant, then I'll have sex with you, hmm. that's immediate, you know, transaction. Okay. I mean, they're two grown adults choosing how they want to spend time together. Well, I know it's an everyday thing for you to <laughs> repay a stranger <laughs> for dinner and shopping with a, a, a afternoon matinee, but <laughs> for, with a little matinee. But. Only if their bed was broken first. <laughs> 
That's how we met. <laughs> okay, where do you think I rank this? Five. No, but 11. Okay. It is the fourth highest oh, I ranked. It was be a top 10. Well, very close. Yeah. It's the fourth highest ranked so far for season three, and there's two more that are from season three that are ranked higher than this. Wow. Okay, cool. What was your favorite joke or sequence? Or I line? mean, I think it had to be the whole Muscophilia. Yeah, yeah okay. that whole thing is brilliant. So we're we're with maybe if I have to, since you're picking that to a you know a close second is the Barney fireball response. <laughs> that was good, right? But yeah, mustache is one of the best things I've yeah. seen in this show. So good. Uh, least favorite? I did not like you know the Lily growing her nails thing. Like it wasn't you know an explicit didn't joke, work but for I just you. didn't. I didn't like it. They had to give Lily something to do, but I didn't love this. Yeah, mine again was the banter on the two-minute date. Mm-hmm. Okay, we actually have an email from our favorite listener. And she is our favorite because not only does she give insightful feedback to the episodes, but she has written to us more than anybody else. And that is Danielle. Danielle. Remember Danielle? How I Met Your Podcast Fan of the Week. <laughs> of the Year. Of the season. Although I think she only gave us four stars. <laughs> Although that's that's more than I gave us. So, actually, no, I'm sure I rated us five. But I, I, I would hope you would rate our own. Like, I mean, <laughs> you can have your own weird ranking system, but at least give us a five. And I'm also proud of Danielle because this time she actually got her email for this episode in before we recorded it. Well, it's probably helpful for us to give time frames if we want people to respond or to give us feedback. Danielle writes, I really like showing this episode to people because this show's motto is keep moving forward with lots of humor. You can see his friends trying to help him in their own way, which is really cute when rewatching this. Keep moving forward. I feel like Danielle for a living writes motivational posters. Maybe. Maybe she'll make us one. <laughs> like a replica of Barney's office. That'd be awesome. She writes, juggling and magic are cool, but I feel magic is cooler because there's more variety to it. Okay, so I that like an- that argument. That answers our question. <laughs> I can see that. Her favorite joke has to be when Marshall freaked out on Stella. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't have picked that one, but that, that, that was good. Her least favorite joke, so she's getting in on the act here. Yeah, I like it. Her least favorite joke has to be when Abby wanted to have sex with Barney. They already had her going to church, and it rubs her the wrong way. Oh, good point. Yeah, I was actually, I was going to bring that up, because I was like... I, you know, I read a comment somewhere, and I forgot it was Danielle that actually wrote it. <laughs> well, thanks for not taking credit for yeah. her insight. And she says, P.S., the review from Raiden was from me. Oh, this is uh, in, her, in one of the reviews we got on Apple iTunes. And she identified herself as Raisin, or I'm sorry, Raiden. Uh, she chose that name because she just panicked at the last second because she doesn't usually leave reviews. <laughs> It's I've just, never left a review because I don't, yeah. <laughs> like, what would I put? I don't know. I do ratings, but not reviews. I've done a few reviews. I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> All right, where can folks find us like Danielle finds us? Yes, if you want to reach out like Danielle, please find us at RunkleRecaps at gmail.com, on Twitter at RunkleRecaps, or on Instagram, underscore how I met your podcast, underscore. Well, this is a true thing. I'm actually getting a colonoscopy in the next few weeks, so I will be happy to review that when I get back from that and we podcast, since apparently 
me telling stories of disgusting procedures I've had done is now a segment. I, God, I hope not. <laughs> All right, folks. If you want to listen again after that. <laughs> well, you will because the next episode is The Bracket. Ah, yes, The Bracket. Great episode. All right, bye, everybody.